Welcome to Let's Go, where you will hear about lives that have been transformed by the power of God. You'll see and hear real stories of real people going to real places far away whose lives are changed as God uses them to impact the lives of others for His glory. Get ready to see people experience God's love and power. Let's go. Welcome to Let's Go. I'm Pastor Pat McGuffin, your co-host today, along with Pastor Tony Nardella. On this episode, we'll have some stimulating discussion and teaching. We have a wonderful special guest evangelist and pastor, Christian Hedegaard. We have an update on our COVID-19 relief efforts in Latin America. But before Pastor Tony interviews Christian, let's watch this video of Christian's church ministry serving the poor in our community. Hi, Brittany Doss here with Heart of Titus Ministries. We're out on OBT in Orlando visiting with Pastor Christian Hedegaard, who has an incredible ministry here. Christian, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the city? Well, we feed the poor people. That's really what we do. And we have done that for a long time already. And then when we see people that are ready for change, then we make sure that they will have the chance to change. It's a lot of work. And uh, some people would say, there's too little fruits of it. I have some of the people, I had a guy, I fed him for eight years. And then one day he broke down and gave his life to Christ. And we baptized him, but that was after eight years. So it's kind of, uh, you need a little patience and a little grace with people. But you know, Jesus didn't uh, ask us to uh, ask for something in return. He says, find some people that cannot repay you and you show them my love. You don't have to be with you more than five minutes without feeling the love of Jesus and the heart for the poor and the broken. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing tonight here at this location? Well, we are feeding from this parking lot now 365 days a year. Uh, out of this coronavirus thing, the lockdown, I, um, I got really upset when I found out that the church was not essential and uh, Dollar General next door that sells snacks and Coca-Cola, they were essential. So I called the police and I said, are you telling me that I'm not essential? I'm feeding the poor. I've done that for many years. And they said, no, 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 of course you're essential. And we decided to feed every night. And uh, after 33 days, other ministries have joined us and now it just goes on 365 a year. So every night people can come here and find a meal to eat and hear the love of Jesus. Always, yeah, we'll be here. But you know, we don't have to talk much because many of these people are already over evangelized. Many of these people have already been in, I don't know how many evangelists uh, statistics. And um, you know, we, we don't do that, we just love them. And when they are desperate, when they are on the edge of death, they know where to go. This is not my dream job. But you know, I, I gave my life to Christ a long time ago and I said, wherever you want me, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Pastor Christian mentioned earlier that he's not the first one God asked to do this. He's just one of the ones who said yes. But I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of Jesus Christ here on Orange Blossom Trail and there's way too many embassies of the devil here. So uh, we're just a light right in the darkness. God bless you, Christian. Thank you for all you're doing. And hello, everyone. Today we have in the studio my good friend, Pastor Christian Hedegaard. Christian, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Tony, for having me here. It's our pleasure, and we just watched some incredible video of you feeding with your church hundreds of people from the worst part of our city. You know, why do you do that? Because God gave me a clear call, a call that I could not misunderstand. 
and really any Christian should do this because this is a command that God gives us to care for the poor. Why did you choose this place in particular? Well, that's a good question. Um, I was here in, in Orlando in 2010 with my family on vacation and uh, we bought a GPS uh, in a pawn shop and we put in car dealership and we followed that GPS downtown Orlando uh, and next to the car dealership there was uh, this little church with bullet holes in the windows and I said to my wife just for fun you know this would be a good place to start it looks like Walt Disney has problems in his backyard and on that road trip disconnected completely from phones emails after many years of you know being a, an itinerary preacher and being very busy um, I had nobody asking for me or my attention and the Holy Spirit woke me up every morning on that road trip and talked to me very clearly and very sincerely and one morning I woke up uh, we were up in North Florida in the Panhandle in a house on a lake very quiet place and I heard the voice very clearly said go home sell everything you have and put in pastors in the church and uh, come back and start a movement amongst these people on Orange Blossom Trail I didn't know anybody uh, never wanted to live in America, had never planned on coming to America. And I woke up my kids and we all cried. My wife, we all cried because we never wanted to live in America. We had a very good, comfortable life over there. Uh, we were pretty set, you can say, in Denmark. But you came here and uh, you started this work in, uh, in not the most desirable part of our city. And how did you have the resources to get that done? Well, I came with $1,200 uh, and one hotel paid for a week. And uh, I remember I saw this TV preacher on, uh, from my hotel room while we were trying to find out how do we start this. Now we have left everything with our kids, with three sons we brought, they were teenagers. And I saw this TV preacher asking for money. And I said to my wife, I don't like him. He's in it for the money. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, give him a thousand. So I gave him the thousand and now we were down to $200. Um, but, you know, when I gave him my last, I remember New Year's Eve, I was asking the hotel owner, please let us stay till noon. I've got three kids with me. Let us stay at least till noon. And he said, no, the hotel is fully booked. You've got to be out. But within 12, 48 hours, we had a 3,500 square foot home. It was paid $10,000 cash uh, six months ahead. And uh, a rich millionaire had furnished the whole house, including a grand piano. All happened within 48 hours. Um, so that's how we came and we we had nothing but we the first thing we had the last money we had we gave a homeless man a burger from mcdonald's and literally we started like that and after that it was five homeless people and then it was a hundred and then it was two hundred and thousands well i know you're not a wealthy man in the traditional sense but how does this money come in where you're able to feed the poor and run a church in a neighborhood which uh, isn't known for its economic prosperity I think I'm very rich on faith. I trust God and I believe God. And you know, when we had spent everything we had, it was like it has never stopped. We sold our houses, we sold our properties, you know, gradually. And, and we just spent that money helping and pouring out ourselves. And when we had em emptied our own refrigerator, that was when it never stopped. Now we have a, a warehouse and we actually feed thousands of people out of the warehouse. We don't only feed homeless people right now. We also help other churches with food. We, we receive tractor trailer loads of food. We have a whole building now filled full of food. As a matter of fact, in 30 minutes, we have a food pantry and poor families from the whole neighborhood are coming. Uh, plus we do the feeding tonight. It's, it's, it's never ended. It's actually increasing right now a lot. So tell us, do you think it's 
the fact that you and your family gave so much away earlier or the fact that you've got crazy faith, which of those characteristics do you think is what's provoking uh, such an influx of resources for you and your church? The Bible says in, in Hebrews 10, do not throw your confidence away because there is a reward from, from, out of your confidence. I am very bold and, and the word for boldness in Denmark is free uh, modi, it means free, brave and on fire. So, so, you know, I am free and I'm brave and I'm on fire. And since I'm not asking or requesting anything for myself, I can talk to anyone and I will open my mouth and ask for help from anyone that I meet on my way. I'm also uh, very uh, aware that um, I'm meeting people every single day that God has put on my path because they are the ones that will take me to the next step or the next level. So really, uh, I have crazy faith. I, I know that God is going to do it. So I look for those appointed moments every day of my life, every day. And that's what we do. We, we go into churches and we preach the gospel and by God's grace, um, he confirms his word with signs and wonders. Our job, you know, the way I read Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 is this. An apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher's job, according to verse 12, is to equip the saints to do the works of service, not do it all themselves. And so we are trying to bring a bit of a cultural shift, too. We want to show these pastors that they don't have to work morning, noon, and night, and then work during the wee hours of the morning, too. Um, I will tell this story. It, it, it impacted me a lot. I was feeling bad. I was preaching in Peru. I preached anyway, even though I had gringo stomach. After I preached, a lady came up for, and she wanted healing. I prayed for her. The Lord healed her. And I said, you stay right here. Now you pray for the number two. There was somebody else in line. So she was kind of shocked that I would ask her to do that because there seems to be this class mentality in some places in the church. And we're here to destroy that too. I'm... I'm Nobody in this ministry is special. Jesus is special. Everybody else is the people he came to save. And so I taught her how to lay hands on the other one in like five seconds. Go put your hand on the forehead and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And she did it, and the woman got healed. Then I had the two of them pray for number three, and she got healed. And the three of them pray for number four. I wasn't praying. They were praying. I was just showing them how to pray. And the 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 three prayed for number four, and the fourth one got healed. And then these four short women went to this guy, tall guy, who played soccer and was holding a baby, but he was complained about his knees were in bad shape. So these four ladies were around him trying to, you know, lay hands on him. And so now I'm finally about ready to pass out. So I just sat in a chair. Gosh, thank you, Jesus. And so the pastor, his eyes are like this, and he sits down next to me. And he says, now I get it, Pastor Tony. He says, we teach people how to minister and then we rest. <laughs> that's exactly right. And so that's why many hands make light work. And, you know, if you look at the parable of the talents, and we, and we always think, you know, God is telling us that he's expecting a return on his investment in us. He's put a talent in us, and he expects us to do something with it. Here, Lord, you gave me five. Here's five more. And now in the church context, what most pastors seem to think about the word talent is finances, money. But I want to challenge all the pastors and leaders who are listening to me to realize that the greatest resource in your church are the people. 
there are latent gifts of evangelism and prophecy and healing that if any of those were activated, any of those were properly uh, trained and put into work, it would blow up your church in a good way. I mean, that's how Jesus did it. Jesus never had to advertise. All he had to do was walk into a town, heal a few people. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. And by nightfall, the whole town was at Peter's doorstep waiting for Jesus to heal them all. I'm telling you, if we move forth in the anointing of God, people's lives will be absolutely changed and the church will grow and we will gain souls like never before. Well, I know that you do have a crazy faith. We've been good friends for a long time. Mm -hmm. I remember when we were in Puyo, Ecuador together, and we were ministering, and you were running or leading a evangelistic campaign. Yeah. We saw blind people see, lame people walk, deaf people hear. It was, it was the whole gospel just being poured out right there. Yeah. And you and I were talking about Puyo and the people we got to meet there recently, and I challenged you to... Uh, Go back and contact the people there and to see what you could do to help during this time of crisis. So tell us a little bit about what happened there. I think you, you provoked my faith that day because I, I, we had been feeding already 33 days during the coronavirus straight from our parking lot, uh, just ourselves. And I, I thought, well, I am pretty busy already uh, with tractor trailer loads coming in all the time and preaching the gospel and you know helping everyday uh, people all the time and then you said, uh, how about doing something for the people in Puyo? And, and that provoked me. So I called the pastor. And when I saw his face, he was very discouraged. And I said, my brother, how are you doing? He said, I haven't been able to leave my house for 40 days. And the church is discouraged. And, uh, and he said, we could need some help. And I, I, I remember what you said to me. Uh, why don't you help those people? And so I picked up the phone and four phone calls. I'd already raised uh, $5,000. And then I did a few live streams uh, also with people in Denmark and uh, the money just kept coming and it's still coming even from Eskimos in Greenland and people from the Faroe Islands, people that watch the, those live streams, they're still donating every day now. It's not stopping. So let me see if I got this straight. You have people, Eskimos in Greenland, who are watching your Facebook live streams who are giving money to the indigenous in the Amazon jungle in Ecuador. Yeah, it doesn't get stranger than that. I mean, Eskimos in Greenland are very poor people, but they were watching the Danish live streams because Greenland is a, as a Danish island, and uh, they were watching the live stream. I used to do uh, lots of preachings uh, and cru crusades in Greenland, and um, they saw that and they wanted to be part of, you know, helping the people in the Amazon jungle. So we actually are distributing packages right now with Danish flags on. Uh, in the Amazon jungle. It's kind of interesting. Well, that's an incredible story of bold faith and people responding also to need. What would you say, uh, Pastor Christian, to those who are watching this show who have a heart to help people like the ones in the Amazon jungle or downtown Orlando, but just don't think that they can do much? You know, um, I used to fly a plane, and when you learn to fly, you there's a there's a there's a, a word called VP, waiting position. Just before you go out on the runway, you are doing the engine checks from your waiting position. Most Christians have been doing uh, engine checks, and they've been in that waiting position their whole Christian life. I mean, it's about getting out there, and maybe you can't help the crowd, but you can help your neighbor. You can help the person next to you. And when you realize what a little can do for many, 
then you know what? And even if you are, uh, let's say you, you can't leave your house. Let's say you can go. Let's say you're too old, but your money can go. Your money can work on your behalf. Um, every, every penny that was sent from Denmark to the Amazon jungle, I have had uh, Danish flags on every package. And I have sent them small video clips, you know, where their names have been mentioned, you know, uh, so that everyone could see that their money actually went right to that Indian family. Um, anyone can do something. Everyone can do something. There is nobody who is called to be in a waiting position. And it's the curse of the Western church that we are sitting in our VP uh, positions waiting and always, uh, well, 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 I'm available. If God wants me, I'm available. But God didn't say that you should be in a VP position. He told you, get out into the world, preach the gospel, go now. Oh man, that is so in line with the whole theme of this show. Mm. It's about missions, but we call it Let's Go. Now we don't encourage people necessarily to just to go on the mission field, but to go do something to help somebody somewhere in your neighborhood, in your church, in your family. But let's go and bring the good news and love of Jesus Christ everywhere. Yeah. Well, Pastor Christian, this has just been so fascinating. We want to thank you so much for being on our show. And now we are going to go to a time of prayer where we pray for these needs and we pray for you. That was some incredible time. And Tony, why don't you introduce our next guest and uh, let's spend some time praying. I think that's a great idea. Um, I've got the privilege of introducing today uh, somebody that I believe you've already seen on our show. She's our ministry correspondent. Her name is Brittany Doss. She's a wonderful woman of God. And she is here today to help us to pray over the nations and over the needs that you have. So, Brittany, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What a joy it is to be in this place with you today. Why don't you lead us out in prayer now? Oh, I would love to. After that time with Christian, I really feel that the Lord is stirring hearts today. He's stirring those who have felt stuck and those who have yet to push the throttle forward. And so we're going to pray for you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that everyone under the sound of my voice be covered in a spirit of boldness right now, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would know that you know that you know that your God is on the throne, that his plan cannot be stopped in the earth and you have everything you need hidden in him to push the throttle forward. I pray right now that your ears be open to hear his voice more clearly, that your heart be open to receive what he has planned for you. And I pray right now over anyone listening, I hear the Lord saying there are some that feel weak and need hope. So right now I just declare hope has a name and his name is Jesus. So I pray right now that you meet with Jesus. Jesus, and you are filled with the hope of God. I pray right now, those who are weak, who have been sick, I hear the Lord saying right now, he is coming in as the healer, as the great physician into your home. So if you are sick right now, I want you to place your hand over any part of your body that is sick. And Jesus, the healer is going to step in. And I declare right now in Jesus name that the healing power found in the blood of Jesus wash over you right now. Now, all sickness and disease, you must leave in Jesus' mighty name. I'm thinking right now, the Lord is just bringing to memory all of our friends overseas 
In Jesus' name right now, I am praying over the nation of Ecuador. We have so many friends there who have reached out for prayer. And I am declaring that in the name of Jesus, your suffering is ending. That God is coming through in power as the healer to your nation. So I just encourage you right now, if you are watching and you feel the power of God in your family room, fall to your knees, humble yourself and ask the God God of the harvest to come in in power. Ask him to come and heal your land. This is the God that we serve. He is more than able. He loves you. He sees you. You are not alone. You are not forgotten and you will not stay in your suffering. So we just thank you, Father. You are so good. We thank you, Abba. You are so full of love. Come and touch your people again. We need a fresh covering of the Holy Spirit. So we just declare, Holy Spirit, have your way and move in our nation. Move through the earth. We give you control. Do what only you can do. Come and heal our land in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Brittany, for leading us in prayer. And I just want to affirm with all of our viewers, please call in your prayer requests. We do want to pray with you. But now we're going to continue on with our show. Wow, that was a great time of prayer that we just had. And Pastor Tony, what did you think about that interview with Christian? Well, his testimonies are just incredible, and I just love the boldness of his faith. He does have bold faith. What did you think when he said about sitting on that tarmac of that airfield in a waiting um, time, a waiting position? Yeah, I mean, uh, the whole idea of the boldness it takes to actually push the throttle forward and let your airplane take off is kind of what I got out of that. And as I apply that to my spiritual life, I think, you know, there are times I've done that really well, and other times I've been really reluctant. I know what you mean. When uh, I think about the times that here I was in business, but I've been preparing and growing in the Lord, but it was time to step out in faith and to come find you actually on a soccer field and say, I want to go on a mission trip. Uh, those are times that are testing for you to take that step of faith. I remember uh, my pastor asked me many years ago to go with him on a mission trip, and I was, I'd never been on a mission trip before. And something inside of me just jumped, and I just said, man, I gotta go do this. But I had no money, I had no way to get off of work, but I just knew God wanted me to go. And so it was taking affirmative steps in preparation for God to make a way that I found to be um, a way to manifest my faith. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when Christian was referring to the idea of crazy faith. So that was that time you had to have a crazy faith and just do it. And um, I certainly can relate to that. There's a time to think and prepare, and there's a time to go, all led by the Holy Spirit. Pat, you know, that is a perfect illustration of what uh, Christian, I think, was exhorting all of us to do. And it's what we do continually in Heart of Titus Ministries. Well, that's true. You know, I, I think that whether it's going on a mission trip or going on whatever the prompt is from the Lord, we need to not just sit there. We need to not just be comfortable with what we've learned, but we have to actually do something. And if you're listening to us today, we just want to really encourage you 
to go with what the Holy Spirit is saying, to take the risk of stepping out into the areas that God has called you, whether it's to go feed somebody at a food pantry, whether it is to speak to a neighbor, whether it's to pray for that coworker that says their child is sick, whatever it is, it's time to get out of the preparation mode and into the doing mode to actually go and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. So this is a key thing for us to do. And so now, Tony, as we shift gears and you're going to share with us a little bit deeper about these thoughts and how we can put feet to our faith. Well, yes, thanks, Pat. And so let's go and see what the Word of God says about some of this. We are outside again at this beautiful spot to share with you some reflections from God's Word. Didn't you just admire the faith of my friend, Pastor Christian? who believes God so strongly that when he says something to him, Christian just knows that God's going to do it. So he steps out in faith and gets it done. And I just love to hear Brittany pray. Such boldness, such conviction, that she was praying like it was actually going to happen. Now, as we know, Jesus told us that if we had faith as small as a mustard seed, that we could tell the mountain to move into the sea and it would go. And because we have that kind of faith, I believe the Lord is putting a demand on His people to actually use their faith. Right now, we're going to read about the miracle of the bread and the fish. Let's read Matthew 14 and 14, starting there. When He went ashore, He saw a great crowd, and He had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to Him and said, this is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. The disciples were right. They saw disaster coming, and they were concerned. There were 5,000 men, not including women and children, and they were way out in the country. There was no food, no stores, and it was getting dark, and it was time to send them away, or they were going to faint from hunger. But in verse 16, Jesus says, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. Well, I guess Jesus felt like he wasn't done preaching. They didn't need to go, he said. And then he gave a command that shocked them. You give them something to eat. I mean, what was Jesus thinking? He knew they didn't have a tractor trailer full of food with them there. But he knew that they had something better than a whole supermarket full of food. They had his word, his command, and faith in him. But they couldn't get their natural minds wrapped around it. So they argued with Jesus. In verse 17, they said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. They looked at what they had and not at what he said. They should have believed that what he told them to do, he would give them the power to do, just like he had so many times before. Let's continue to read the story in verse 18. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and they all ate and were satisfied. 
and they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Jesus prayed. He broke the bread, but he didn't multiply the loaves. They got multiplied when the disciples started to hand them out. The disciples were participants in an incredible miracle. And God wants you to participate in incredible miracles too. Don't look at what you have or what you don't have. Look to him and listen to what he tells you. And when you know you have heard him, and when you know you have heard his heart, then you will see him be glorified by what he does through you in his name. Well, my friends, be encouraged. And please let us encourage you even more. We invite you to come and visit our website. While there, you'll have access to hundreds of videos and teachings and podcasts that are going to build your faith and help you go deeper in God's Word. You know, here at Let's Go with Heart of Titus Ministries, God has blessed our team with many years of experience in taking ordinary people and helping them accomplish extraordinary things for God's glory. We invite you to leverage our experience to your advantage. While you're on our website, you can sign up for our email newsletters. In this way, we can keep you informed about what the latest testimonies are from our trips and also invite you to participate with us on our online video conferences that will help to activate your faith and your giftings. While you're at the website, you can also let us know your prayer requests. We will pray over each one. And we ask you to pray for us as well. We're on the front lines every day and we need your warfare on our behalf. Finally, please don't think that we don't need your financial support. We ask you to partner with us financially by making a gift on our website. Thank you and God bless you.